fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. If you still draft quarterbacks in round one, we're here to help. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Three times a week now going forward, and then eventually four. Eventually five and maybe six. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Today podcast on Monday, June 25th. Taking a look at some early busts. Uh, both Heath and Jamie have busts published on the website and breakouts and sleepers as well. Today we'll focus on some of the losers, some of the guys who are going to be drafted a little bit too early. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they won the Super Bowl. They scored the second most points in the NFL. We got three players that we're going to talk about today that could be busts for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dave, Jamie, Heath, you guys are not busts. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Yo. What's, what's going on? How are we doing? How's everybody feeling? How was your weekend? All the pleasantries. I went to a couple breweries over the weekend. I know that's always weird when I tell you that I did that. No, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. I didn't go to any breweries. That's that's also not surprising. Yeah. Okay, great. I've had enough of your weekends. Let's do a Twitter poll. Which of these three wide receivers has the most upside? And then, of course, I asked which has the most downside. Uh, Michael Crabtree... Devontae Parker and Randall Cobb. Michael Crabtree, Devontae Parker, and Randall Cobb. Who has the most upside? Funnily enough, the people who voted in the Twitter poll had the same, had the, with the same wide receiver win both the upside poll and the downside poll. But Dave, who has the most upside? Crabtree, Parker, or Cobb? I'm going to predict that Parker won both polls. Now I'll say Parker has the most upside. Heath, most upside. Crabtree, I also Parker, think God. that Parker won both polls, but I will say that volume gives Michael Crabtree the most upside. Jamie, your answer, sir. Cobb has the most upside, according to the voters, and Crabtree has the most upside. Jamie's wrong about everything. Devontae Parker. I'm well, no, wait, no, no. You're not wrong about your answer, but you're wrong about uh, who the your voters said. Your opinion is wrong, Jamie. <laughs> that was, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, Devontae Parker wins the upside poll with 49% of the vote and the downside poll with 43% of the vote. Crabtree, Parker, and Cobb. So wait, Jamie, you said who has the most upside? Crabtree. Crabtree. And, then, and Heath agreed. So, Dave, you uh, you said Parker. You agreed with the listeners or the Twitter followers. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to be the best of the threesome. In fact, he's the one I'm most likely to never draft of this group because I just don't think he can do it. But if he does get his act together, stays healthy, and uh, plays better than he ever has before, then there is a chance that he could get you a 1,000 yards. Hey, that's that's just three things to check. Get your act together, stay healthy, play better than you ever had before. I think it's, it may just be one thing. I think it may just be stay healthy. I think if he does what he did last year and gets just a little more of Jarvis Landry's share and stays healthy, then he's going to be a thousand yard receiver. Okay. So which of these three wide receivers has the most downside? As I mentioned, Devontae Parker won that, uh, 43% of the vote. Cobb had 33% and Crabtree had 24% of the downside vote. Jamie, who do you think is the most downside? Crabtree, Parker, or Cobb? Parker. I mean, just because of what's happened with his career so far. So, um, I think I, I agree with Heath. That there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot that he has to do to get there, but he just hasn't been able to do it yet. And so, even with Landry gone, it's kind of the same opportunity for him. There are targets to go around, but they've added three 
potentially significant pieces with Amendola, Wilson, and and Gusecki, whoever wins the tight end spot there. Um, but he just has to, you know, show why he was drafted in the spot he was drafted in, in the NFL draft. Yep, Devontae Parker, first round pick. Dave, who has the most downside? Crabtree. Does anybody think that Parker is not the answer to the most downside? Yeah, I will take the guy currently in a walking boot. That's the only reason why you can say it is because he's Randall Cobb's limping around. Apparently, isn't healthy now. He's he's got the leg up on Devontae Parker in that regard, and he's had injury problems of his own. But yeah. I, if I had, if it was not for that report, I would have agreed with Parker. Okay, yeah, Randall Cobb in a walking boot right now on June twenty fifth, and that's all we know at the moment. All right, so Crabtree. They think he'll be ready for the start of the season for sure and potentially the start of training camp. Crabtree's pretty interesting. He has been eight or nine touchdowns three straight years, all with Oakland. In those three years, the Raiders as a team have thrown 25 more touchdown passes than the Ravens have in those three seasons. But Crabtree steps into the number one role, which has shown uh, in three of the last five years – 1,017 yards or more for the Ravens for their number one wide receiver, Mike Wallace, Steve Smith, Torrey Smith. Also, Steve Smith was on a huge pace in 2015 of 1,531 yards. That was his pace in 2015. So, really, the touchdowns haven't been there. You can get 1,000 yards. You can get 1,100 1, yards uh, as the number one wide receiver for Baltimore. But Crabtree's pretty interesting because he just had a ter- he just had a really bad year last year. He caught the touchdowns. But he only had 618 yards. In 14 games. Um, yeah, who's who's optimistic? Who wants to draft Michael Crabtree? Because this is a guy that, just for whatever reason, like, he just has not really... I, I pretty much never put him in my queue. I never have him on my teams in mock drafts. Who wants Crabtree? People desperate for running back help slash depth in round six and seven. Wide receiver. He switched positions. Wide receiver. He's going to play running back this year? <laughs> okay, Listen, now Baltimore's interested. desperate. They need playmakers everywhere. I don't Are, know why I said Do that. you guys want Michael Crabtree? I, I'm fine with him where he's likely to go, yes. But where, do you target him? Like when you look at all the other tight ends, kickers, and DSTs, do you want Crabtree? Yes. I I think, especially in PPR, getting him at the start of the fifth, I feel very good about. Okay. Hmm, okay. Well, let's see what his average draft position is right now. Probably later than that. Yes, it is very late. Jamie has well manicured fingernails. I just want to point out to everyone. 97th overall. I want all of the Michael Crabtree. Yeah, I mean he's going. Yeah, that's a great. That's he's great. going after right now, and this is according to my fantasy league. He's going after Calvin Ridley. Robert Woods also going very late, 90th overall. Devontae Parker, 89th overall, behind DJ Moore. Oh no, this is. Well, I, yeah, want, no, I, I don't think so. Sounds very I don't dynasty. Think so. No, but it's for whatever reason the IDPs are in here. Okay, yeah, so so I've got it without IDP, and Michael Crabtree is going 63rd overall. Which Early round six. One spot that's, ahead of that's more likely. Yes. I one still spot like ahead that. of Robert Woods. After Sammy Watkins, who would you rather have, Watkins or Crabtree? Crabtree. I would rather have Crabtree. I'm starting to wonder if I'm a little bit too low on Sammy Watkins, though. Oh, there's a you? lot of talk coming out about how they are not going to use him the way the Rams did last year. Which was basically as a decoy. But it would be the first time in Andy Reid's history in, in Kansas City that he'd actually feature a number two receiver. So either that or Tyreek Hill is going to head for a very, very bad season. Wait, watch this. Ready? Listen to this. Bombshell. That I don't necessarily believe, but Sammy Watkins is better than Tyreek Hill. 
I don't know how big of a bombshell that is. Right? I feel like Hill's safer for fantasy by a long shot. Which is weird because of the type of player Hill is. Like, nobody does what he did last year. It's so easy to make the argument against Tyreek Hill because of what he's been doing, but who's stopping him? The only thing that could stop him is... Well, I mean, he's got a new quarterback and the the best complimentary receiver. I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was about to get to that. But the quarterback situation is definitely new. But did you really think that Tyreek Hill would have the two years he's just had with Alex Smith? No. Right. He might be the reason why Alex Smith had such a great couple of seasons. And I'm Travis Kelsey. That's why. And Kelsey as well, I would say. Andy Reid. And all right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to the news and notes, and we'll get into the busts. Odell Beckham may hold out. I'm already tired of this story. But Julian Edelman's appeal is going to be heard today. We're going to come back with a podcast tomorrow. Hopefully, we have some Edelman news. It seems like he actually has a, a case. So we'll see. Maybe maybe something will happen. His there. his team is certainly make it sound that way. Uh, Tennessee right tackle Jack Conklin is not guaranteed to be ready for week one, according to Titans Online. He's recovering from ACL surgery, January ACL surgery for Conklin. Uh, what do we make of this? Freddie Kitchens, the running back coach for the Browns, said that the Browns will ride the hot hand at running back this year. This is what's going to happen is Duke Johnson's going to have his role. Everyone knows what it's going to be. Third downs, passing downs, two-minute drill. And uh and then Chubb and Hyde will duke it out for everything else, including the goal line. I would imagine Hyde has the early edge. Denver this head is a coach, team that's going to throw a lot and play. How combined, many so. Cleveland Browns running back um, stable team names are we going to get on Team Name Tuesday? Yeah, they try to incorporate all of the team name, all the running back names. Yes, I, I. Somebody said, you know, you can make a great team name out of their names. And I said the only thing I can think of is like pretty dirty. Can't really say it on the air. Oh, I wasn't thinking anything dirty at all. What was it? Well, I can't really say it on the air, but you know, <laughs> it involves two of their running backs. So Carlos, or, Nick, and ac- Duke. Actually, actually, that's not, I guess that's not dirty. No, it would be the. So uh Denver head coach Vance Joseph said Royce Freeman absolutely can win the job, and he is competing with Devontae Booker. And D'Angelo Henderson. Alright. I'm not gonna spend, uh, I don't think we should spend time right now in June on these backfields. Let's see how they shape up and shake out. Cobb's wearing a walking boot. Greg Oman of the Tampa Bay Times thinks that Ryan Griffin could start for Tampa Bay instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, Jamie, you and I did that reaction podcast on Friday saying, you know, Fitzpatrick did pretty well. Mike Evans led the team in receiving. When uh, he was with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had three pretty nice games. What do you make of this report that it actually could be Ryan Griffin instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick? You have to assume that the Bucks had some semblance of knowledge that this was going to happen to Winston, given when the transgression occurred. Um, at least they knew of it last year. Mm-hmm. So either they felt very comfortable with their quarterback room and didn't feel that they needed to bring somebody in, uh, or they had, you know, some hope that you know Winston was going to get. No suspension whatsoever, but I would imagine it's going to be an open competition. Um, you know, if, if Fitzpatrick proves to struggle, which has happened throughout the course of his career at times, then they will, you know, uh, probably open the door. But I, I would be very surprised if it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, given what, you know, he was two and one last year. So it's not like he hurt them when he started for them. And I mean, let's face it. I don't know if we talked about this, uh, on, on the, the, the show we did, Adam, but would they, would they really be favored in any of the three games that Winston would be active? You know, with the Saints, the Eagles, no, and the Steelers on, on the schedule. Not. So, no. um, 
you know, my guess is it's, you know, they're, they're kind of going in with a hope that they could steal one of those games, if not two. Are you going to start Mike Evans week one at New Orleans against Lattimore? Yes. I didn't draft him to sit him. Is he, is he healthy? Is he playing in the game? He's not a surprise Sunday inactive. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't ask yes, you if you'd start, start him and then make him inactive. All right, you're going to start him then. Uh, and, uh, Gene Sterator is retiring and reportedly headed to CBS. He is a referee who has was, a, was a referee. Was a referee. Always a referee. Has a very, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, bold, swaggy way of signaling for a first down. Like just, or any down, you know, the way he puts up his fingers. First down, third down. You know what I'm talking about with Sterator. Right? He's got swag. Yeah. Okay, thanks guys. Appreciate that. Uh, also, I wanted to read the rules for the Alliance of American Football, the AAF, which is a new league coming out next year, next February, after the Super Bowl. Let's see what you think about these rules. To differentiate the Alliance of American Football from its competitors, there will be no TV timeouts and 60% fewer commercials. Other differences will include no kickoffs, and instead of onside kicks, the team trailing will, re- will receive the ball on its own 35-yard line, facing 4th and 10. There will also be a 30-second play clock and mandatory two-point conversion attempts after touchdowns. Ooh, no onside kicks. They're going to get the ball at their own 35-yard line facing fourth and ten. I don't mind that. Sounds like fun. It does sound like I fun. I also don't mind the mandatory two-point conversion attempts. Yeah, that one's Although, interesting. Although I don't think they should be mandatory. Well, then you do I think if, if you want to take the one point, there was a there was a – Rule change proposal a couple of years ago. That was, if you want, you can just take the extra point without kicking it. Or you can risk the point by going for two. Yeah. Yeah. Is that You like that? I like that. You don't like the kickoffs where they are now? Or the uh, extra points? I don't rather? know what to think of the kickoff rule now. No, the, the extra points, sorry. Where they no, are now. No, it's not, it's still not dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some early busts. But first, I want to tell you about Roku. Man, I love my Roku. Just watching uh, the Sim- I always every night Simpsons on Roku on the FX Now app or FXX app, whatever it is. But there are a bunch of apps on Roku. In fact, you can get more than five hundred thousand movies and TV shows on Roku. You take a little Roku box, you plug it into your TV, you change the input, and you've got all of the TV and movies and live sports that you can handle. Okay, so if you're a football fan or a fantasy football fan, uh, there's plenty of live streaming on Roku. If you have a subscription to any of the professional sports leagues apps, then you can get those on Roku and stream them right to your TV. And if you don't have a premium subscription, uh, it's a great way to catch your favorite local teams live with apps through many cable providers. So check it out. Roku starts at just $29.99 for the basic player. Or you can get the higher-end players, which stream in 4K with HDR. Uh, it's a great gift for someone. I got it for my parents. I have two in my house. Please get a Roku. R-O-K-U dot com. Learn more and start streaming today. So I looked at some of uh, Heath's bus and Jamie's bus, and two that you guys share, correct me if I'm wrong, but in this edition of your bus, which will change as we get closer to the season, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Jay Ajayi, you guys share them, these Eagles bus, correct? Yes. Wonderful. Uh-huh. Wonderful. So uh, let's talk about it. Ajayi and Jeffrey. And Heath, you also have Carson Wentz as a bust. So why, I hate the Eagles. Yeah, why do you hate the Eagles? Wow. 
I don't hate the Eagles at all. I think they're going to be a, one of the uh, top Super Bowl contenders once again. There are a lot of unsustainable things that happened in Philadelphia last year. Their defense is improved. And most importantly, they have so many weapons, both at running back, receiver, tight end. I don't think the volume will be there for those guys. Jamie, your thoughts on specifically Jeffrey and, and Ajayi? I just think Ajayi is going to get overdrafted a little bit. Um, Jeffrey, the shoulder injury concerns me a lot and the touchdown reliability. Um, he, uh, I think of the top 24 receivers, he was the fewest receptions. And so, um, I just, I'm just a little bit worried that, you know, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, a little bit of the injury, uh, not ready to start the season. And there's still some un, uh, unknown if he's going to be ready for week one. There was a report that he could be on the pup list. So, uh, I just think both those guys are going to get a little bit overdrafted. Yeah. Weird fact. He had 57 catches last year. That was the most he's had since 2014. But how many games has he played? He's missed time, right? Ex- well, that's, that's a part of the equation. Okay. Yeah. So. He and I have gone back and forth on Carson Wentz. If he had played 16 games, he would have been the number one quarterback in fantasy. If he had played 16 games, he was on pace for the eighth most pass attempts in the NFL, the eighth most passing yards in the NFL, uh, 4,056, which really isn't a lot, you know, but I don't, I don't know what to expect in terms of NFL passing yards anymore. We're not going to get, you know, multiple quarter, we're not going to get like three quarterbacks throwing for 5,000 yards. I think those days are done. But Tom Brady led the NFL in, in passing yards with a pretty low number last year. But, you know, eighth most pass attempts, eighth most, eighth most passing yards, fifth most rushing yards. So where do you have Carson Wentz, Heath? I'm, I'm assuming you are the lowest Thir- on him. 13 is where I have him. And I think, like, the eighth most pass attempts, the mo- eighth most passing yards, that's, that's fine if that's what you want to expect from this year. But then you should only expect the eighth most touchdowns or maybe sixth most touchdowns, not anything close to what he had last year. And like the rushing, he didn't score any rushing touchdowns last year, but he still picked up 30 fantasy points in 13 weeks on rushing production. And he's already talked about how he's going to protect himself this year more than he did last year. You believe that though? Yes. I why he, he better. I, I guess. And that's a big thing. That's a big, big deal for, for me. Cause if he gets the eighth most passing yards and the sixth most, passing touchdowns and throw in his rushing totals, I think you're looking at a top five quarterback. If he had that, yes. Plus, like even if you thought, let's say he should be eighth, I still think you have to downgrade him a little bit for the uncertainty around his injury. Dave, where are you got where are you on the Philly uh Philly guys? I'm higher on them than Jamie and Heath are. I think that Carson Wentz is real deal. I think he'll be good this year. And if I like him, I've got to like at least one of his receivers. And I don't love Alshon. I'm not targeting him. But if I settle for him as a second wide receiver in late round four, early round five in non-PPR, I'll take him. Ajay I'm nervous about because I think that they're going to use a bunch of running backs. And I, I, I think this defense is good. It's not great. So I don't know how many games Ajay will be closing out in this fourth quarter. And what about Alshon? Number two receiver for me. Solid number two receiver, worth taking, like I said, late round four, early round five. He's always been touchdown dependent. His last 100-yard game was week one of 2016, so I'm not looking for big yardage from him. I'm looking for pretty much 50-plus yards and a touchdown every week. All right, so Alshon Jeffrey and Jay Ajayi are going back-to-back 46th, 47th overall, according to MFL, my fantasy league. 
And uh, so that they are end of the fourth round. Jeffrey is going after Josh Gordon and Demarius Thomas before Juju, before Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones. Yeah, Ajayi before Alex Collins. Yeah, I would take Collins, but Ajayi before Deion Lewis, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny. Would we take Rashad Penny over Jay Ajayi? Yes. Yep. Okay. How many carries a game? You think he gets to 15 carries a game? It's about the ceiling, I would say. 15 o- touches. Over the course of the season, I'd say he's right about there. Cause he's gonna have some games where he gets like 19, 20, 21 carries, and he's gonna have some where he has eight. And he has seven fumbles in his last two regular seasons, JHI, so don't forget that. More busts. Alvin, oh, Adam, yeah. I, I just, I'll close out with this. I've been finding my way to Corey Clement in a lot of drafts lately. Okay. Late rounds. Heath has Alvin Kamara as a bust. You know, I, I qualify it in the article. I just, I think there are some things to be concerned about, especially when he starts going in the top five or six of drafts, as I've seen him do in some of our drafts. In fact, there have been times when we've had to, uh, prevent people from picking him even earlier than that. And I just, I don't want people to think that Mark Ingram's out the first four games. Alvin Kamara is getting 25 touches a game for four weeks. That's not going to happen at all. They've already said as much. And, he has to get a little more work than he did to come to do what he did last year because his efficiency, if you believe he's going to repeat that, you think Alvin Kamara is the greatest running back in the history of football. <laughs> Nobody does that over more than one season, not on the, in terms of yards per carry, not in terms of yards per reception. I'm not even sure in terms of touchdowns, if he can match what he did last year on a per touch basis. Yeah. So th- there's reason I'm fine with him at the end of the first round, he won't be there probably at the start of the second, especially in a PPR league. But if you're taking him fifth or sixth based on an increased workload, I think you're going to be disappointed. Well, you know who can't? Uh, Alvin Kamara can't do that, but you know who can, Heath? Who can't? Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that that's probably true, <laughs> except that it's not. No, nobody does that. I think you guys are talking about the same person. So where um, where where would you take him? He's going sixth right now. I would be like I said, I'd be fine with him at the one-two turn. All right, um, probably late first in PPR, early second in standard. Half PPR. Would you guys rather have Leonard Fournette or Alvin Kamara? Kamara. Kamara. Kamara and half PPR. Standard or non PPR. Fournette. Fournette. Uh, Kamara for me. I think I'd still take Kamara. Kamara. Jamie has uh, LaShawn McCoy camera. Lights, Camara action. Best team name I came up with last year. Feel free to use it. You can steal it. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a bust, according to Jamie. He is going to be 30 years old in July. He is entering his 10th season. And currently, let's see where LaShawn McCoy is going. He is going 19th overall, just behind Christian McCaffrey, ahead of Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard, all right, Jamie, explain uh, your bust call for the Sean McCoy. Well, I mean, you mentioned his age. There's uh, and his time in the league. You know, his he's over 2,000 carries, 2,500 career touches. He's got three new offensive linemen with Eric Wood, Cordy Glenn, and Richie Incognito gone. So with a team that's got its best weapons as Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, and Charles Clay. Uh, new quarterback, which could be AJ McCarron or, you know, what, what should be an inconsistent rookie in Josh Allen. There's just not a lot to like about this Buffalo team. And so 
if teams were focusing on LaShawn McCoy last year, it's going to be magnified by a billion this year. So I just think the price tag of him, and even in the end of the second round, is too high. You feel that way in PPR? Yep. I guess the problem I have is he's just going to get so many touches, isn't he? In theory, but I mean, again, you're asking him to, you know, carry such a heavy burden for a team that is probably going to be chasing points a lot and who knows how healthy he'll be. You know, he's had some durability issues in the past and, you know, as he gets older, as he gets more work on his body, that becomes a little bit more of a concern. So I hope he stays healthy. I hope he, uh, you know, this is one guy I would like to be proven wrong on because I think he's been so good for so long, but it's just very difficult for me to trust somebody at this stage of his career with such little around him to help him out. Adam, it sounds like you're you're a little optimistic about Shady. I thought about it today. It gets to a point if I okay, well, who would you take ahead of McCoy? Would you take um six once Devon okay, Christian McCaffrey I would take ahead of him in, in PPR in a heartbeat. Devontae Freeman would be a tough call, but once we get to like Joe Mixon I, I like I like McKinnon better than see that yeah, okay. I do too. That totally makes I, sense. I do not. I I think what you're what I think, Adam, is the injury risk is huge. But you get to that two three turn, and there's not any other running back there that I feel like if he plays all year, he's going to be a top ten running back, and he might be top five. Right, and especially right. especially in PPR, especially in PPR, because I think he'll get fifty catches at least. And yeah, but I would think the same for McKinnon and the same for McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey, I have no, there's no question I'm taking him over McCoy. Uh, McCoy. I don't know about in non PPR, but definitely in PPR. You know it's weird, and you know you can look at the numbers. Heath, uh, you're kind of you're, you're a numbers guy. Uh, he averages in his career one rushing touchdown for every 33 carries, one receiving touchdown for every 29.4 catches. He's had two in nine years. Sean McCoy's had two double-digit rushing touchdown seasons. Very strange. He just doesn't get a lot of rushing touchdowns, and I wonder if Tyrod Taylor has been a reason for that. Tyrod Taylor gets about four every year. And could be, you know, could have been snaking some red zone and goal line or, you know, inside the five yard line touchdowns from him. And that's obviously gone. Could he get more rushing touchdowns this year without Tyrod Taylor there? He could. I, I would say that's a double edged sword because I think Tyrod Taylor may have also been responsible for some of his increased efficiency. So his efficiency might get worse, but he may get a larger share of their red zone carries. Yes. I'd like to add one more tidbit if i may Mm -hmm. at baltimore chargers at home at minnesota at green bay tennessee at home at houston that's his schedule to begin the year that's not great that's that is when the best opponent that you've got is tennessee it's not good which had a buffalo's got five road games in the first seven weeks of the season Mm. well you don't want to play there early in the year when the weather's nice it's going to be really ugly in <laughs> Buffalo this year. Uh, all right, let's go to another. Let's do another Jamie bust. Staying on running back, Sony Michelle. Jamie, you have Sony Michelle as a bust. Let's see where uh, the ADP is right now. Fifty sixth overall, so mid to late fifth round in a twelve team league. Sony Michelle. Where's Burkhead? What's his ADP? Burkhead is eighty fifth. Yeah, I'll take that over Sony Michelle all day. That's just what it is. You just think Burkhead gets too much. I just work. think it's going to be a timeshare. You know, I mean, it's it's um, you know, I, I think it's it's somewhat easy, but it's also lazy to say that Sony Michelle just walks into Deion Lewis's workload and all of a sudden he's getting 200 touches. Um, he's been running third in OTAs and minicamp, uh, based on uh, at least one report that I saw behind Burkhead and 
uh, James White. Wait, obviously, on I would assume on passing downs, but um, I, I don't think Sony Michelle all of a sudden becomes the clear cut guy. And you look at last year, uh, Deion Lewis's best games came when Rex Burkhead was gone. So I, I think if Burkhead stays healthy for more than uh, what he played nine games last year, um, if, if Burkhead stays healthy for 10, 13 games, that's going to be a, a problem. So I know Adam, you, you you talked about this time and time again that when they find a guy, they stick with it. Uh, more so than what the uh, the reputation may be, but I, I just don't see. Even though they drafted him high, and I think he's got a ton of potential, I just don't think for this year he's got the the chance to deliver as a starting fantasy option for most of the season. There'll be pockets of 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 the season where he'll be very good, and if Burke gets hurt, he'll be fantastic. But that price tag to me is just too high. Anyone disagree, Sony Michelle? No, this, this was another shared bust, so I I agree with this one as well. I I would rather have Rex Burkhead and over Sony Michelle at the same cost. Yeah, and I'll go the other way. I This is a bad habit of mine. Sometimes I get hung up in it, but I, and this is a case where I buy into the talent. And I loved him at Georgia. I think he was among the most NFL-ready running backs coming in. Excellent in pass protection. Good receiver, even though he wasn't featured that much in Georgia because it wasn't a big part of their game. Speed for days. And uh, he, he's going to bring a little bit of a different element to this offense than even Deion Lewis had last year. It's it's like a half step up from what Deion Lewis did. And any running back in New England is is a is an interesting pick in fantasy and and I totally get where the guys are coming from with Rex cuz I mean 30 overall picks later and you might get the same guy. It's it's a good deal. But I'm willing to draft him late round 5 early round 6 and be patient with him. Stay the course Maybe not even start him right away because there's a real good chance that he only gets eight, nine, ten touches to begin the season. But once he gets going, once it clicks, and once this coaching staff trusts him, I, I think he's going to be very, very good, as a lot of running backs have been for the Patriots when they get this kind of an opportunity. I also wonder if uh, whether it's Gillisley bouncing back or Jeremy Hill being a factor. You look at the way that they started the season last year. And it was, I think it's, uh, five, five games for Gillisley where he had at least 12 carries. So if they're all healthy, it's going to be difficult, I think, for Sony Michelle to carve out like a featured role. Again, he could be good in the limited touches that he gets if everybody's healthy. But if everybody's healthy, it's just going to be one of those where, like the Packers, take the last one that's on the board because that could just be, end up being the best one. I don't think he's got Kamara's speed, but I wonder if they saw him and thought, well, he can do some of the things that Kamara can do. And these are so all new wrinkles. Though. I don't know if Rex is as fast as Sony. I'm I think say Rex not. might have run. I think if, if you're looking straight at 40 times, it wouldn't surprise me if Rex had a faster 40 time because Sony's 40 time was not good. And the one other thing is, even if he does get a grip on that role, he fumbled pretty often at Georgia, once every 55 touches. That's one thing that Bill Belichick does not And so what much. would be the first thing that happens when he fumbles week one? Goodbye. It's the doghouse for a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's true. That's a risk. Uh, yeah, Burkhead's not really like a. You you don't give him the ball necessarily in space, and he makes a man miss like like Kamara does. I would feel much more confident in Michelle to do that. Oh, I would sure, too, sure, but sure. I think Rex can. Yeah. I don't think Rex is a slug. No, no. Okay, I think this uh, is going to be a dangerous run game this year. They could, they might end up. There might be some weeks where Brady really doesn't do much. The other part of that though is there's two new offensive linemen as well. So you know you got new guard, new tackle. And I would expect them to be fine. And they have, you know, arguably the best offensive line coach in the NFL. But 
you're you're asking a lot from a team that's got a lot of overhaul, especially without arguably the best receiver not playing the first four games. All righty. Moving on to another running back from Heath Cummings. Chris Thompson of the Redskins is a bust. Yeah, and this is really a PPR only because I don't think he can be a bust and non-PPR because I'm not sure that he's going to get drafted. But I Ooh. I am just a little worried that people are going to see what he did in 10 games last year and think that's the guy that Chris Thompson can be. He's been in the league for five years. The only thing he's really done consistently is not stay healthy. I I fully expect he's going to be involved at the start of the year as the passing downs back, but they want, they don't think that Geis is just only a first and second down running back. So I don't see a ton of upside. I don't see a lot of security in Chris Thompson. Would you rather have Chris Thompson or Duke Johnson? Duke. Would you rather have Chris Thompson or Sony Michelle in PPR? Sony Michelle. Okay. Last one. Chris Thompson or Aaron Jones? I think I'd rather have Jones. At least there's a possibility that Aaron Jones could turn into a 15 touch a guy, game guy. There's, there's no possibility with that with Chris Thompson. They, they pretty much ruled it out. Gruden they said had the opportunity to do it last year when everybody was And what happened? Hurt and he hurt it. himself. Yep. No, even before that though. Yeah, they, yeah, they were giving it to him eight to, eight to ten times yeah. a game and handing it yeah. off to. It feels uh, like they maximized it a dozen. But he was pretty good when he had him for a dozen. Yeah. And he does have a run, a quarterback that might not chuck it as much as he did last year. Might play it safe. That would be good for Thompson. Well, you mean safe in the passing game? Throw a yeah, check yeah, down? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was on pace. I, Chris Thompson was on pace for 12, for 1,286 yards, total yards, and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, no. right? No. It's not with Geis there now. And I, I imagine that we're going to, Got, we're get, we're all gonna get hot for Geis in August. He's gonna do some. Oh, good I'm things. I'm I'm there already. I have to wait till August. Where do you have him? Uh, in the twenties. Now, well, yeah, but could you move him up? Sure. Yeah, like I'm wondering, will he be our number two rookie running back? You both have him twenty twenty one. Heath has him uh, twenty nine. He already is. Yep. Okay, he's not mine, but okay, that's be. Darius Geis we're talking about here. Uh, one last bust, Jared Goff. Jamie Jared Goff is currently going 123rd overall, beginning of the 11th round in a 12-team league. Jared Goff, uh, I, I'll see if I can find what QB he's being drafted as. He's going after Stafford, after Roethlisberger, and after Rivers. Um, but, yeah, give me your explanation why Goff would be a bust for you. It's uh – Similar to Jeffrey, uh, fewest receptions for him among the top 20 guys. Goff was the fewest pass attempts among the top 10 guys last year. So I think you just look at even the addition of Brandon Cooks, and, and he should be an upgrade on Sammy Watkins, but they only had 70 targets to that spot last year. So I don't know how much more they'll be throwing. Uh, obviously, Todd Gurley is going to dominate this offense. They have a better defense. So you know it could lead to more attempts uh, with the ball in their hands more, uh, but it could also take away the opportunity of maybe chasing some points. So I think Goff is kind of similar to what he was last year. And if the production in the limited attempts is not the same, the fantasy production will obviously not be the same. So I think he's a safe number two quarterback. He's he's clearly somebody if you want to take a chance on, you know, anyone coming off of injury, Luck, Wentz, Watson, uh, and pair him with, with those guys or the unproven guys of Garoppolo and, and Mahomes, very safe to do that with Jared Goff. But to, to call him your starter, your number one guy, I just don't see it that way. He is the 13th quarterback off the board. That's too high for me. So let me tell you who's going after Goff. Tell me who you'd take ahead of him. Marcus Mariota. No. Andrew Luck. 
Yes. Yep. Oh well, my God, luck is going after golf. Oh, uh, it's a pretty big date range. So you know who knows. But I feel like luck's been going pretty late in the drafts that we've done very recently. Uh, also, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yep. take Mahomes. Matt Ryan. So far, the only, oh, the only one I disagree with so far is Mariota. I'd take off over Mariota. Matt Ryan. No take, chance. Give me golf. No, give me Ryan. Give you Ryan. Jamie, golf or Ryan? Ryan. Vicar Ryan. Jameis Winston, uh, we'll cross him off the list. Cross him off then. And finally, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak Prescott or uh, Jared Goff? Goff. Goff. Dak. Dak! Really? Yeah, really. Okay. I like it. Why? Because I, I think Goff might pass less this year with that defense. Well, he's not going to pass less than Dak. <laughs> Dak <laughs> might end up having to pass a lot more because I think he's going to have to. I, we're all just, you know, upset about what's happened to Dallas's receiving core. Listen, we're talking about two res- running. Jeez, I almost did it again. We're talking about two quarterbacks that are outside of my top fifteen. If I had to throw a penny into a fountain and wish for one of these quarterbacks to do better, it would be Dak. <laughs> I would take the chance on him. Okay, and uh, Dak was twelfth last year. Goff was tenth last year. They had almost the same amount of pass attempts, 13 more for Prescott. He did have, oh, 306 more rushing yards and five more rushing touchdowns than Jared Goff. And he played one more game, right? I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, sounds Goff right. didn't play week 17. Yep, that sounds right. All right, we're going to do some emails in a bit. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. First, let's put a first-round pick under a microscope. We have already done Zeke. Gurley, Hopkins, Brown, Beckham, Melvin Gordon. Let's put Saquon Barkley under the microscope. We need a sponsor for the microscope company to sponsor this segment. All right, break it down. Saquon Barkley, does he deserve to be a first-round pick? Yes. Does he deserve it? I I don't know how you quantify that. Nothing to do with it. Right. This isn't about deserving. This is about banking on a great talent in a great situation. You know I would I mean. say just barely. I've got him 12th. Who's got him higher than that? I do. I think I'm 10th. I got him higher than that. You got him higher than 10th? I got him higher than 10th. Where do you have Saquon Barkley? As far as, are you talking about among running backs? No, or no, overall? overall, overall. I've got him 8th in non-PPR. What about in PPR? In PPR, I've got him ninth. Just putting wide receivers ahead of him? No, I put Kamara ahead of him. Yeah, PPR, I have him 15th. Barkley lower in PPR. That's interesting. I just, I, like, I think he's a very good pass catching back. He'll be good in that part of the game. But they have a lot of people to catch passes. Mm-hmm. Like, we think Evan Ingram's going to be a top eight tight end, right? No. No. Yes. Top ten tight end. Yes. Okay. And we think Odell Beckham's one of the top five wide receivers in the game. And they're still going to throw the ball 80 times to Sterling Shepard. I just I don't know that he he can match the top backs in terms of I, I think Melvin Gordon catches more passes than he does. So Melvin might, yeah, but I don't know if a lot of other running backs will. Well, Kamara will. Yep, McCaffrey will. McKinnon will. Le'Veon will. McKinnon might. David Johnson will. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Zeke does this year. I agree. Gurley will. Ooh, you think? Okay, so how many? If you think Zeke's going to catch more passes than. You're, you're putting Saquon in the 40 to 50 catch range. Yeah. I think Zeke yeah. is there too. 
interesting. Yeah, I think he could do a little bit better than that. I'd put him in the 50 to 60. And he's not without risk. Like, no, I every think, running back has risk. But I, but I mean, as a, Blunt. he has more risk than the other guys we're talking about right now. We've not actually seen him do it against NFL competition. What, what is the mo, or trivia question? What is the, uh, the most amount of rushing touchdowns that the Giants have had as a team over the last three years? A? Six. A5, B6, C7. Six. Seven. Seven. Six. Dave is the winner! Yay! Great job, Dave. The Giants have and, not had one. You know Jonathan Stewart's gonna get a couple of those. Straight years. Probably. If he makes the team. Yeah, no, there, there is some risk. Let's take a look at the last five first round running backs, NFL draft first round running backs. Todd Gurley in his rookie year was fourth in non-PPR, eighth in PPR in 13 games. He was awesome. Melvin Gordon that same year was not even a top 40 running back because he did not score one touchdown despite having more than 200 touches. Following year, Ezekiel Elliott was the number two running back in fantasy. Last year, Leonard Fournette was 8th in non-PPR, 10th in PPR. Christian McCaffrey was 15th in non-PPR and 11th in PPR. McCaffrey a different case. I mean, we're not we're going to get more than 117 carries from Barkley. The only outright bust was Melvin Gordon. And um and then became the first running back in NFL history to go from no touchdowns to 10 t- to a double digit touchdown season. Touchdowns are I, weird. I think Saquon's going to score at least one touchdown. <laughs> I think so too. I think he's in line potentially for ten. I don't and I think know. he's going to get a lot of yards. I'm very the curious. The Giants are going from the second worst offensive team to the best. It's crazy. I mean, that's the thing. They're not going to be the best. But the no. the Rams went worse the first, right? Was it? Was they it, had to. Was it worse in 2016? They well, were definitely they first. To. It was. They're going from Jeff Fisher to best. That's what the Rams did. And now the Giants are going to go McAdoo to best. The Rams went from worst to first. So can the Giants? I mean, look, the the, the you, you look at the last two guys at least. Elliott took the Cowboys to the playoffs and the number one seed in the NFC. Fournette took the Jaguars to the playoffs, best record in the division, and a game away from the Super Bowl. So, you know, a lot of things obviously happened to those two teams clearly. But you you take pressure off your quarterback. They they followed the same formula. You know, the the improve the offensive line, get the run game. And, and the quarterback all of a sudden looks a lot better. So Eli should be better. And we've talked about this, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Eli has, as Heath just laid it out for you, one of the best receivers in football, one of the top tight ends in, in fantasy, uh, one of the best complimentary receivers, you know, when you, when you talk about Sterling Shepard and Barkley, this offense could clearly be a, a, a hell of a lot better, especially if that left side of the offensive line comes through like a lot of people are hoping. So it, it could be a fun year for the Giants. And, and Barkley, you know, I, I think if, if that is the case, he's going to deliver as a first round pick. It's going to be a fun reality show type thing. Can you suck bad enough to not be good with these weapons? Yeah, I know. It's true. I, I think the Giants have upgraded at, f- at least four of five, if not five of five offensive line spots. And just check this out. The last two years, uh, kind of fun. Dallas went from 31st in scoring. There are 32 teams in the NFL. They went from 31st to 5th after drafting. But there, theirs is theirs is an asterisk, though. Because of Romo? Yeah, Romo was hurt. Yeah, it's true. Right. But Romo was hurt again the following year, right? Or no? Yes, but they, yeah. at least they had a plan they in place. Dak. They drafted a the guy in the third round. Um, 
31st to 5th, and the Rams wasn't Gurley's first year. It was his third year. They went from 32nd to 1st. So that's fun. Could you look up how Jacksonville did from 2016 to 2017? Jag- not going to be far off. Jaguars went from 25th. Same, yeah. To uh, scoring, they were 5th, 25th to 5th. That, Huge. That counts defensive points. <laughs> Obviously, but, but a lot, a lot of it though, it's it's the if you just if it's the Dallas formula of try and control if not dominate time of possession, and if you're winning, it puts teams in these fourth quarter throwing situations where turnovers tend to occur. And I think the key will be you talked about them upgrading almost five positions at them. That means they're going to have five offensive linemen that have never played with each other, and continuity uh, in the offensive well, line not is, exactly no. Not exactly, because Flowers going from left tackle to right tackle will probably be better at right tackle. They'll have the same center, most likely. They will have three. You know what? They will maybe have, at the most, two holdovers from last year. One of them will be playing a different position. So, yes, you know what, Heath, you're right. It's basically a completely new offensive line in terms of cash. I will take guys. talent over what they had last year. I, I'll leave it over last year. I just don't know yeah, how much. Hey, you could, Heath, you could have continuity. You could take that continuity from a year ago. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. You don't want bad continuity. No, I, I, all right. Well, let's talk about um, what what scares you about Saquon Barkley. I think he said it. The the lack of uh, the experience, you know, just not seeing him produce on this level before. But you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to get past what his talent is. You know, obviously the measurables from the combine, you know, the, the they jump off the page, and so he's got the chance to be successful, if not a star, right away. But it's a position that has a lot of volatility and a lot of injuries. And so, you know, hopefully he's able to, you know, overcome that. Dalvin Cook was a guy that had star written all over him too, and he got off to a good start and then he got hurt. So, you know, hopefully we we get sixteen games of Saquon Barkley, what he's capable of doing at the collegiate level to the NFL level. Uh but the last thing you want to do is take him over you said, you know, Melvin Gordon could have more receptions in a PPR league that could hurt you. Take him over Fournette, who had a successful rookie season and had an upgrade offensive line. Take him over Camaro, who's got you. You, you know, don't. You don't want to do this. You're saying you don't want to take. That's it. what I'm saying. That yeah. this, this is the risk you take. Is okay. You fall in love with what Barkley's upside could be, which is totally understandable. And then you end up taking him over some of these other running backs, as well as passing on what will hopefully be better seasons for Julio Jones, AJ Green, you know, Michael Thomas. You know, continuing to build on what he showed, and you know, some of those other receivers you're looking at at the back end of the first round. And I almost think that that's another benefit here is that if you're taking Saquon in late round one. You're getting another really good player in early round two. So, but, but I mean, that, I don't that, think that this is but a that case same thing where you though can... goes for if you're taking two really good players at the end of the round. I mean, you know, it's it, two guys that at least you know have done it. I like, know, like two, two. If you just go two receivers at that spot, which is something that we're going to see a lot. I just, I just don't think it's as easy as saying, well, he can lose you your league if you take him in round one, because I think you still get good help. Plus, you've got the. I, I feel we talked about this, Adam, last week. There's a drop off once you get to late round four. If you're picking late in round one, that means you're picking early in round four. You should be able to come out of that draft with Saquon plus three other very nice players to so, start your team. But with that logic, no player you take at the end of the first round can lose your league. No, any player can lose your league in the first round, but it's easier to swallow the pill of taking a Camara who could be that guy for you or Julio who might have been that guy for some people last year mm-hmm. because you've got another first round caliber player in early round two. Yeah. Alright, so, uh, Saquon Barkley is going eighth overall. He has basically the same ADP as Kareem Hunt. I would not even hesitate to take Kareem Hunt over Saquon Barkley. Same. Agreed. Yep. No, yeah, all of us. Alright, let's read some emails. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. 
So three shows this week. One of them will be, I think the Friday shows or Thursday night, Friday afternoon, whatever shows are going to be more mailbaggy just for now. Um, see if we can get the listeners involved. And also voicemails at 954-689-3199. Let me tell you really quickly about our newsletters. Go to cbsports.com slash daily and subscribe in less than a minute. If you want to stay ahead of the competition, subscribe to that newsletter, the Fantasy Football Today newsletter. It's got all the latest draft advice from Dave, Jamie, and Heath. CBSSports.com slash daily. Very cool stuff. We'll get right to your inbox. And it's free. Cooper from Sin City, Nevada. Dear Ramsey, Melvin, Biersch, and Josh. <laughs> I got it. They're Gordons. They're Gordons. Don't you think that he should have done Cooper's? His name is Cooper. Dear Amari, hanging with Mr. Jonathan, like, all right. How do we feel? Okay, he says, why do I feel, excuse me, why do I feel like Jarek McKinnon is the new Lamar Miller? Perpetual backup with good measurables and good pass-catching skills who goes to a new team to be the workhorse, and then, you know, then it happens. Disappoints. Yeah, and he's just a top 20 running back for two years in a row, and everybody hates him. Yeah, but he's not that. <laughs> but he's he's just not giving you much on a week-to-week basis. He's giving you consistently a mess. He stayed healthy. Yeah. Um, He could be. I mean, I, I, I think, for at least for me, it's the track record of the coach. As much as the opportunity. So, I mean, look, Lamar Miller had a, had a great opportunity and he didn't take full advantage of it. To Heath's point, he, he was fine. He just wasn't, he regressed going from the Dolphins to the Texans. And let's be clear, Lamar Miller was a lot more productive in his first four years than Jarek McKinnon has been. Before going to Houston? Yes. Yeah. He uh, had about 3,000 yards rushing, 880 receiving. Yeah, he got worse. Yeah, really surprising. I just don't he, get what happened. He was averaging 4.6 yards per carry in Miami. And McKinnon went to a better college. Too. <laughs> where, where did McKinnon go? <laughs> Anywhere else. Anywhere but Miami. Uh, all right, Mihai from a town where Crayola crayons are made. Horn blows. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. No, it's, it's a, it's a joke for five people. Oh, okay. Adam's favorite kind of joke yep, in the podcast. Yep, the best inside jokes. I made Dave laugh. That's all I meant. Uh-huh. As long as Dave laughs, laughs, then it's worth uh-huh. it. All right, in a PPR league, which which top three combination do you think will be the most consistent quarterback stacks to target? Do you think a quarterback stack strategy works, which would be a quarterback-wide receiver combo? I'm not sure I quite understand this question. Yeah, I think it I think it does work. Um it's definitely more boom bust. Your team is go I like it more in best ball formats when I know that I have two or three other players that the week that they have a bad week, I have something else to kind of cover me. But yes, having Drew Brees and Michael Thomas or Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Um, now, if you're talking about a full quarterback wide receiver tight end, I probably wouldn't go that far. That's too much. And this basically revolves around the receivers. So I agree with you on Brown and Roethlisberger. Hopkins Watson could be sure especially down, good. The downside of that is Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. 
Sure. Yeah. Ryan and Julio last you could year. Just go Kareem yeah. Hunt in the first, Tyreek Hill in the second, Travis Kelsey in the third, Sammy Watkins in the fifth. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, we just uh, did the two drafts for our pick by pick series, and I drafted on the two three turn after picking Todd Gurley, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. And when it came time to pick a quarterback, I was like, you know, I, I just don't want to take Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to put all my eggs in that basket. Yeah, it's kind of thing that's easier to do when you have a lot of leagues. If you have one league, it might be. Tough to put all your no, eggs but in the I, I'll tell you, Adam. You ask like a lot of old time fantasy football players. They say, "Oh my God, I won my league with Steve Young and Jerry Rice." You know, the, I, I've heard that story time and time again. It's it's boom bust. Yeah. But if that team that you picked hits, you're tough to beat because yeah. every touchdown's worth two. Do you go into a draft targeting that? I never ever have. No, but think about if you were. You know what? I think Randy Moss has a chance to bounce back in this trade to the Patriots. And Tom Brady, you know, hopefully he'll be okay. And there's, you know, 25 touchdowns <laughs> of the 50 that Brady threw. Again, going back to the the best ball, yes, I I would. Just looking at ADP and knowing where the guys go and saying, ah, I could go there in the sixth and there in the eighth. That's what I'm going to do. But in a regular old fantasy league, I don't go into my draft saying I've got to get the quarterback to my number one receiver. No, but that, if, but I, I'm, I, I won't shy away from it. Yeah. Right. If it happens. I think, Adam, you know, like you're probably uh, a good test post. case with this just based on how you – with your friendship strategy, mm-hmm. like you could clearly take, you know, the, the, the two receivers that you, you like. I mean, let's say you take Adams and Cobb and somewhere in between that you took Rogers. Adams, Cobb and Rogers. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, if it happens, it happens. I never set out to do it, but I will, I don't shy away from it. If that quarterback is the best one available and I have his wide receiver, I'll take yeah. him. That sounds like the overriding sentiment. No name or city, Dave. Who do we got? Who's next? Frank from New York City. Dear Arnold, Dolores, William, and Ford. It's on HBO, Jamie. You should know it. Arnold, Dolores, William, and Ford. No. Westworld. Westworld. Never saw it. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. Uh, Yeah, I don't love it. Just saw Marlon Mack go in the ninth round in a mock draft. I know he's not a perfect product, but without competition, what's the deal? Why isn't Marlon Mack round six or higher as a lead back? The ninth round's way too late. Um, it's the shoulder injury, which they say is going to be fine. He does have a little bit of competition, and I think there, I still have some fear that DeMarco Murray is going to get signed the first day of training camp. Uh, my bigger fear is that Robert Turbin or Kristen Michael become a thing. Well, what about I'm, the rookies? No, I, I think the rookies are going to be a part of it, but I, I, the, the bigger fear for me is that it, it's DeMarco Murray, Robert Turbin, Kristen Michael, maybe Orleans Darkwell, who's, you know, finally healthy from, his surgery. How many running backs does this team have? No, but that they, they just kick the tires on somebody to come in and just become a problem for what could be a good situation. I mean, look, Marlon Mack is, is the, of, of the three guys I think that everybody's drafting, the two rookies and him, he's the one with the most upside. And so if he's, if his shoulder's right, if he does get more work last year, we talked about this a lot. When he had 10 or more touches, he gave you 10 or more fantasy points. It was rare. I think it was three or four times over the course of the season, but they've improved their offensive line. If the quarterback, as we know, is right, that's a pretty good offense. So, there's a lot to like about Marlon Mack. I think he said it best. Round nine is too late. Round six may be too early for some people. I understand that, but he should be closer to round six than round nine. Frank Reich and the coaches in Indianapolis have already said that they're going to use multiple running backs. And Reich came from Philadelphia where they used multiple running backs. But you can still get one backs. good guy out of it. I mean, last year when, it, when Ajayi went to Philadelphia, he was good. He wasn't But great. I don't know if you're going to get one great guy out of it. And uh, I, I've said this, these exact words before. It kills me because that offensive line is so good and that passing game is so amazing. But I, this is a this is a puzzle piece run game. 
all together, it's going to look good. But each guy separately is not going to help you out. But next, next, I next. do, I do like Naheem Hines as a late round guy, especially in PPR. Yeah, I'll take Jordan Wilkins. I think just based on size, he's the best bet there to, uh, and he's a great late round yeah, flyer. Like there's no risk in taking next. him. And, and then, he, he might stay healthier longer than Marlon Mack. Next, Mac. Sterling from a small town in Minnesota. 10 team dynasty for, oh, thank you, Dave. Sorry. Uh, 10 team dynasty PPR league. Big value on wide receiver because we have three wide receivers and three flex spots. Goodness. So he wants to trade for Zach Ertz. Sterling from Eden Prairie has picks 104 and 108 in the first round, right? He's got the fourth and the eighth picks. He wants to trade the first and second picks of round two, next year's second, and next year's third for Zach Ertz. Yikes. So four picks, none of them first rounders, for Zach Ertz is a 10-team dynasty league. If he can get that, do it. Yeah? Think it's good? Yes, absolutely. So it's two picks in the second round this year? 11 and 12 overall. That's easy. Plus ah. next year's second and next year's third. And he says he's got two first-round picks, so he could theoretically trade one of those picks back if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's the move that I would make. I do think... Who would be dopey enough to make this it's, deal? Somebody rebuilding. Yeah, it's somebody rebuilding, and that's that's a pretty good haul. And you could also turn it, you could turn those two seconds <laughs> into a late first potentially. All right. Yeah, it, it sounds I mean, like you, a lot you, of work. You just, you just talked about somebody trading back to the second round. You know, right, right, right. So he can make that trade with somebody else, the person they trade with. Cool. Let's do our last email. Dave from Flint, Michigan. Dave says, no, Chicago. Oh, sorry. Since I'm from Chicago. I am now only in my second year of being in a league for fantasy football, I have, of course, a ton of questions. I was in a mock draft recently at the seventh pick in a PPR 12-team draft. Seventh pick, PPR 12 teams. I did horribly, and I realized I need all the help I can get. Are there any tactics you can recommend or any suggestions you can make to help us newbies in this matter? I will be drafting in a 12-team PPR, but I don't know which pick I have. Basic advice for an inexperienced fantasy player in a your PPR kicker, league. Your kicker is your last pick. Your defense is your next last pick. Your quarterback is your third from last pick. Prioritize wide receiver and pass catching running backs more, obviously, in a PPR league. You might actually want to take more than four wide receivers. If, it sounds weird from coming from me, but it might be a good idea. If you want to feel safe, comfortable with your team... A common one running back and one wide receiver yes. starting your team is never a bad idea. It doesn't matter which yep. order. And expect most of the people in your league to do the same. And wait on quarterback. Yes. And you should be good. Excellent. There you go. And if you don't get one of the stud tight ends early, take two later. There. You, beautiful. All right. One Dave, down. Dave from Flint just won his league. <laughs> we did it. One down, two to go this week. Get excited. More fantasy football podcasts coming your way. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Help us grow. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Uh,